This is a Kitty Pod production. The Keep It To Yourself podcast was taped in front of a live, yet limited, masked, and socially distant audience. From Television City in Hollywood. Welcome to episode 109 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. And the one enjoyed by most dogs in upstate New York, as evidenced by Otis the Wonder Dog. I don't know if you can hear him. But anyway, I am the owner of said dog, Jason Bullet, your humble host for this little escapade. The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, a theta, plus the imitator, assassinator, baby. I demand the power to remember the power, too sweet to be sour. I'm coming to you once again from the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York. Here we are in mid-October 2020. We have a guest here on the show today. Cynthia Jennings Maywalt will be coming along later. And we're going to discuss all things Portland and PDX. And how things have been going for in the years since last we talked to each other. That's coming up later. Let me get my social media plugs in here first. As Otis the Warner Dog comes sauntering in. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. There's also the Kitty Pod Facebook page and also my podcast, CR Crime, my true crime podcast that comes out most every Thursday. You can also check out the civilian Instagram. That's Jason underscore 51838. All right, so what's been happening in the life of J. Michael Bullitt since last he spoke, which doesn't sound like that long ago now. We had a terrible weather situation here in the capital region, not so much this neck of the woods, but further down. Turns out there was a derecho that came through town right about late afternoon. It was kind of deceiving earlier because it was such a nice day out. During my 10 o'clock break, I was just out of my car, about to go back into the building, and all of a sudden our boss says, we're going to have a staff meeting outside, go al fresco, if you will. And it was such a nice day. Sure, the wind was blowing, but other than that, it was just beautiful. Well, hours later, it turned anything but, and right about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, the lights started flickering in our workplace, and our boss said, all right, we're putting a stop to things here, so if you guys want to hang out and weather the storm as it were inside, you can go do that. If not, I'll clock you out. You can just make it an early quit. I opted for the latter, and I had just gotten to the car when the worst of it hit. With rain and wind and all that. So the rain was like, I think, 70 miles an hour. Not rain, the wind, sorry. My mistake. Wind blew pretty good, and there were like massive power outages all over the joint. Thankfully not here, but that's not to say we had our problems. I came back to a house with electricity, or I didn't have to reset any clocks on the stove or whatnot. But driving past, I could see where the damage was and where the traffic lights were out. In fact, I took alternate 7 westbound to go home, and there were a lot of people that were looking to go on the north way. That's the first time since the pandemic I'd seen anything like that. Well, I figured, all right, I'll take the back roads. No big thing. Well, anything could have been further from the truth, and I found out why not too long later. This is the intersection where you have the off-ramp from alternate 7 to Route 9, then you have 9R starting, and then you have Route 9 going across. The traffic lights were out. It was just the traffic lights, yet the businesses, they weren't in the dark either. So kind of a weird thing. At least put a police officer in the middle of the intersection. It's very important. Darn near got in an accident as I got my spot turned on to Route 9, negotiated the turn. And everything was good going up Route 9, going across the Mohawk River, back to the rolling hills. And about a few miles later, that's when the outages kicked off again. And this time it wasn't just traffic lights. It was whole bits of you know, businesses and whatnot that were in the dark. It was a bit of a struggle to get from one place to another, and I saw some of the damage as I was making my way home, 
There had been a pole that had almost but not quite snapped in two. Thankfully, there were no wires draped across the road. That would have been a traffic nightmare. And then further up, there was another pole that was partially torn, but it was enough to cause power outages and some traffic troubles. They're trying to repair that. But thankfully, I came home to a house with electricity, didn't have to reset anything. I felt so grateful for the experience, let me tell you. It was quite an adventure getting home that night. And be glad to know the evening passed without further incident. There had originally been a wind advisory that started at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It was going to expire at 2 o'clock the following morning. But right about 9 o'clock or so, somebody shut the fan off, as it were. So we did not lose electricity either as a direct or an indirect part of the storm. Thank heavens for that. Something else on a more positive note also happened to me this past week since last we spoke. And it was my first visit to the Capital Region's premier shuffleboard and bocce ball, even though right now none of those are happening. Ladies and gentlemen, my first visit, and the first time in a while you're going to hear a almost full segment of Tales of Franklin Alley. Well, just last night as I record this, I'm recording this on the 16th of October, 2020. I went over to the Franklin Alley Social Club. I was invited to a gathering of sorts. I know this shouldn't be happening to anybody, me included, during time of pandemic, but I got the invite saying, well, I'm going to go. So after I got the mail and fed the dog, I left Bullet House and made my way to Troy. Parked in the Fifth Avenue garage. Thankfully, it wasn't too long of a walk to FASC as I walked down State Street. It was two blocks away. The patio was rocking, a nice outdoor setting in the alley. They went inside, saw Frank, didn't give each other a dap. We were within social distance. And Heidi came in, said hi. She walked right back to the kitchen. Nina and another person was tending bar. This was more or less the purpose of this event was to bid her farewell. She was going to go over to California for six months, but she'll be back. Don't you worry. Hopefully we won't have masks in our faces and social distancing and all that. We'll get back to the way things were, in a sense, before all this pandemic shit went down. Well, you'll be surprised to know that before I went back to the alley, I ran to one of my former trivia mates, and we had three cores of them around. Another guy named Jason, Bill, and Dan were outside, and they commandeered a table, and they were having a chat with some other randos. I got in a few shots of the conversation. I haven't had dinner yet, so I told Frank, all right, listen, there was a special on yesterday about the grilled cheeseburger. I said, okay, I'll have that. I'll just check up on it. Then sometime later, Frank came back, and he said, uh, it's available. It's going to be backlogged, and you know, we're running a skeleton crew in this time. Like, all right, well, just give me the impossible tots. Well, I had some conversation, set my water, nursed the glass of water, didn't get my drink on with alcohol in it. And I was still waiting for the food when Jason, Dan, and Bill went, had a nice conversation. And then about 8 o'clock or thereabout, they say, oh, we're going to leave. We're going to get going. Well, my food still hadn't arrived, and Frank was getting a little worried about me. So at times he said, all right, I just checked and say, how's the Impossible Tots coming along? And I said, all right, we'll just be a little while there. So a couple of times I went inside, you know, just to go use the facilities. And it's a lot different than the inside. No shuffleboard being used, so they had to make room for the dining. And, of course, you can't go order stuff from the bar, so you got to yell the bar, hey, I'll have such and such. I never really did that. And also, you know, they had a little cover over the jukebox, and they shut down all the arcade games. So it was a lot different FASC than what your humble host has been used to whenever he's done these segments, going for trivia and whatnot. But it made the best of it. I sat there in the alley... You know, waiting for my food, drinking, and having a great conversation. All while a stiff breeze was blowing. And it got to about 76 degrees here in the capital region. And I thought I made a mistake in not bringing a jacket. I had corduroy pants and an Oxford short sleeve shirt. As I was on the porch, I'm like, am I going to catch my death of cold and or coronavirus? It's going to be pick your poison. But anyway, back to the lecture at hand. Frank was getting a little worried about his dear friend. Not getting his nourishment. I had not had dinner that night. And this is now how I wanted to go about intermittent fasting. But 
you know, they're backlog. I can't blame them. Frank said, you know what? Do you want to make that a to-go order? I said, all right, why not? I can have half the stuff at home and then take the half for lunch tomorrow. So he comes back, said, yeah, cash you out too? I said, all right, here's 10 bucks. Your tip's going to be my birthday present to you. So that was it. Got my food, paid up old Francis and said my goodbyes and made my way back to the car. Wound up getting accosted by a homeless person walking down State Street. Back to the 5th Avenue parking garage. I'm parking there now because parking at the Uncle Sam garage going into Troy for, say, the farmer's market has become something of a shit show trying to get out. So, made my way back home to Bullet House at just after 9 o'clock. Sat down to the Impossible Tots, reheated them after 30 seconds, and that was it. Not the night I would have wanted, but it was still a good night. Getting together with old friends again, even in pandemic. I know it's not good to be uh, this close to each other during a pandemic well, in terms of distance, but there you go. I've rambled on long enough, and this ends Tales of Franklin Alley. And now we go back to simpler times, at least compared to what we're going through now, as we bring you into the year 2009. Right next to the narrow, but I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop in Harlem. All of my days. Here we are in 2009, as this is the 109th episode of the Kitty Pod. And whoo-wee, what a year it was. So what was happening in the news, you ask? Remember Barack Obama, who got elected in November of 2008? Well, on January 20th, Obama was inaugurated our 44th president and the first African-American ever to hold that high office. That's, uh, Otis wasn't around for that. He wasn't around for the rest of the Obama presidency. I don't know if you heard him in the background again. One of Obama's promises in his campaign was to make health care affordable, and thus Congress enacted the Affordable Care Act. And there was a whole debate among not only those in politics, but also common American folk like you and I about the merits, whether we should go through of it. Well, it became law of the land, so people who otherwise would go without health care now have it. It was also quite a big year for diseases, even though the swine flu epidemic wasn't anywhere as amped up as it was. I wish the same was true for coronavirus, don't you think? Airplanes had themselves quite a year in 2009. There were two aborted disasters and sadly one that actually happened. We'll get to the bad one first. On February 12th, a airplane which was Colgan Air Flight 3407 was on a routine flight from Newark to Buffalo. And unfortunately, it didn't make it to the airport in Buffalo. Instead, it crash landed in the suburb of Clarence, New York. All 49 people on board were dead that were aboard Colgan Air Flight 3407. It was a big event here in upstate New York. Made news around the country as well. The second bad one, an aborted attempt to blow up another airplane, Northwest Airlines Flight 253, around Christmas time. We had the old shoe bomber. No, this wasn't the shoe bomber, Richard Reed. This was the underwear bomber. Try to smuggle those in the old under the butt nut hut as it were and that got aborted thank god and then this is the big one right here and i remember this vividly january 15th that afternoon u.s air flight 1549 was going around you know just as you know just as you please and all of a sudden one of the birds got caught in the airplane and we were all set to have a tragic accident, and all of a sudden, Chesley Sully Sullenberger, the brave captain, wound up guiding the plane into the Hudson River. All 155 aboard passengers and crew were rescued right in the middle of the Hudson River, right outside New York City. And I heard somewhere that if the plane had made its descent any sooner, it would have hit the George Washington Bridge and it would have been a mass tragedy. But thankfully, that was averted. And I remember everybody and their brother was talking about it the next day. It was like real water cooler talk. Heck, even Colin Cowherd led off with it. 
That was amazing. Oh. Well, we had some debuts in 2009. Windows 7, the operating system, made its debut on computers throughout the world. That was a feature on the new computer we had gotten to replace the old one we had for some time. And your humble host, speaking of technology, made his debut on social media. I got a Facebook page. That's how I was able to reconnect virtually and later face-to-face. -face. Remember when you could do that and not have a care in the world about it? With old friends of mine from high school, college, etc. And let me take it behind the curtain. This is how I managed to wrangle guests on the Keep It To Yourself podcast. We had some disappearances from the scene in 2009, some of which are tied to your truly mythology. First off, KB Toys went belly up in 2009, disappeared from the scene. A staple of many a shopping mall in the northeastern United States. Yours truly had his first paying gig at a KB Toys. The man who would later become my brother-in-law was the manager of the store at the now equally defunct Latham Circle Mall. And I worked most every Saturday, including the Friday and Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend, Black Friday and that, and every Saturday since, including one Saturday where I worked the night shift and I stayed over at my sister's apartment. And mom came and got me the next morning. Heritage Park, the Albany Colony Yankees and later Albany Colony Diamond Dogs home for many years. It had become an overgrown shell of its former self in the mid-2000s. It finally met the wrecking ball in 2009. My original field of dreams, if you will. Despite the fact that there was another team in Glens Falls and it was a much shorter drive. Stephen Barry's, remember them? They sold Stefan Marbury's shoes. They went belly up in 2009. Back to Albany Sports for just a second. The Albany conquest of the, essentially the minor league of arena football. After uh, one season, after being named the Firebirds after the old AFL team, they went away too. They were originally the Albany conquest. Went and saw a game of theirs in 03. The original Tavern on the Green went the way of the dinosaur in 2009. It's back now, so a disappearance followed by a reappearance. Think of that what you will. And speaking of disappearances, we had many disappearances from the scene in terms of pop culture and other endeavors. And we had a whole bunch of them in June 2009. This was a biggie. This shocked everybody. Michael Jackson died at the age of 50 the same day as Farrah Fawcett. You may remember her from Charlie's Angels. And I remember it was a big thing. Even though Michael Jackson's final years of his life were mired in controversy. You know, we had the whole thing with the Neverland Ranch. He was labeled a child abuser. He was never really taken seriously as a pop actor of any relevance. Though I did like the You Rock My World, which came out my first semester at Castleton. Now that went to the charts. Ed McMahon, he was the sidekick of Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show. Walter Cronkite, who passed away a month later. He was a respected man in America. I was... Born long after Walter Cronkite delivered the news on CBS. And he always had that gray sound. And that's the way it is. To give the date. It was Walter Cronkite, CBS News, New York. Good night. Billy Mays, you remember him? This is the man who tried to sell us OxyClean. He gave birth to a new thing called the Pitch Man. Hi, Billy Mays here for OxyClean, the stain specialist. Powered by the air you breathe, activated by the water that you and I drink. It's Mother Nature approved, then it's safe on your colored fabrics. Also among the obits, Captain Lou Albano. This was a guy who was a great manager in the 1980s during the WWE. Helped bring about the rock and wrestling era that exploded the World Wrestling Federation, now World Wrestling Entertainment, into the stratosphere. You made an appearance in Cindy Lauper's video for Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Had a memorable turn in that. Ted Kennedy. This man was a recognizable and revered member of the United States Senate from Massachusetts, part of the Kennedy dynasty. Ricardo Montalban. You may remember him from Fantasy Island. And this is before my time, those great commercials for the Chevrolet Cordova with the soft Corinthian leather. Paul Harvey. Now, yours truly's radio days. Started with Paul Harvey. He would come on twice a day on WGY and once on Saturday. It wasn't Paul Harvey News on Saturday. It was just, you know, kind of a mishmash of things here. Paul Harvey News would come on twice a day, but early in the morning, there would be something called Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. 
he would tell this story and you didn't know at the time that there was going to be a famous person either from pop culture or history or somebody it would be this vague story would just keep you guessing and then right at the end he revealed who that person was and he had two catchphrases for the rest of the story he said and now you know the rest of the story and for Paul Harvey News, and Paul Harvey, good day. Carl Malden, great actor. He was in those American Express commercials for the Traveler's Checks. Don't leave home without it. Well, Carl Malden left us in 2009. Brittany Murphy did the same thing, but she left us way too soon. She had a memorable turn in the movie Clueless. That was on CBS Sunday Night at the Movies last week. John Hughes, speaking of high school dramas or comedies and stuff like that. He was the man who helped mold the Brat Pack, directing such memorable movies as The Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles. Speaking of actors, Hollywood lost a good deal of them. Dom DeLuise, who on a couple of occasions was part of the Mel Brooks stock acting troupe. He was in Blazing Saddles, which I've mentioned is one of my favorite movies of all time. He was also Pizza the Hut and Spaceballs, the takeoff of Star Wars and other such space operas. Natasha Richardson, wife of Liam Neeson, met her in on the ski slopes of Quebec. Patrick Swayze, you may remember him from Roadhouse and Dirty Dancing. Nobody put baby in a corner, but unfortunately Patrick Swayze got sent to the afterlife and the heavens too. Ron Silver, great actor. David Carradine, unfortunately, ended his life by his own hand. This was Kwai Chang Kane from Kung Fu. That's before my time and many of yours as well. Oh, this was a memorable one. This was a tough loss. B. Arthur. Second year in a row, we lost one of the Golden Girls. In 2008, it was Estelle Getty. 2009, it was Maud herself, B. Arthur. That's how she gained fame. It was a spinoff of All in the Family. Oh, Norman Lear. Oof, he was a ton or what? Roy Disney. Not an actor, but the brother of Walt Disney. Helped out with creating the Disney Empire. Of entertainment, all those amusement parks in that. Gail Storm, actress, she passed in 2009. Les Paul, this is the man who helped provide the electric guitar and made that available to the masses. He created that shit. He passed in 2009, strummed his way to heaven. All right, who else? Don Hewitt, this is the man who helped shape television as we know it. The creator of the CBS News Magazine, 60 Minutes. I'm Mike Wallace. I'm Ed Bradley. I'm Roy Safer, etc., etc. All this and Andy Rooney tonight on 60 Minutes. Eunice Kennedy Shriver, speaking of the Kennedys, back to them for a second. This was one of the people who founded the Special Olympics. She did so with her husband, Sergeant Shriver. Speaking of sports, Harry Callis, one of the memorable voices of baseball. Sometime after the Phillies won the World Series, they'll come up again later. He, unfortunately, met his end. Here's the stretch by Robinson. The 3-0 pitch. Swing and long drive! There it is! Number 500! The career 500 home run for Michael Jack Smith! And the Phillies have regained the lead in Pittsburgh, 8-6! And the Phillies dugout come swarming out to home plate! If you're a fan of the NFL of a certain age, you also recall that Harry Callis was also the voice of NFL films for a time succeeding the late, great John Facenda in that capacity. Henry Gibson, back to actors. This was a man who was a beloved member of the cast of Rowan and Martin's Laughing back in the day. Elements by Henry Gibson. I used to like fresh air. When it was there, and water, I enjoyed it, till we destroyed it. Each day the land's diminished. I think I'm finished. I also remember seeing him in a bit role in Wedding Crashers many years ago. Alright, we're just going to speed right through the rest of this because I don't want to keep you waiting. Cynthia Jennings Maywalt is coming along quickly here. As I just click the open button on Zoom. We're going to get that going in just a bit. So let's just speed through the rest of these obits for 2009. Oral Roberts, an evangelist. He passed in 2009. Has a university name for him in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Jack Kemp. This was Bob Dole's running mate in 1996. Guy was also quarterback for the Buffalo Bills way back when. 
Al Martino, actor and singer. You may remember him from The Godfather. John Updike, author of many books, including the Rabbit series. Or was that somebody else? I think that might have, I don't know. Jimmy Boyd. This is the man who revolutionized our Christmas playlist with his song, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Andrew Wyeth, painter referenced by Charles Schultz, occasionally in the Peanuts comic strip. Wendy Richard. You may not know her on this side of the pond, but if you watch Are You Being Served back in the day, this was the woman who played Miss Brahms on the show. Andrew Martin, Test. He passed in 2009. Corazon Aquino. Oh, my hair's straight here. I'm on the Zoom right now. Oh, my hair's out of place. I'm muted because I'm recording. Anyway, Corazon Aquino, former president of the Philippines in 2009. Soupy Sales, television personality. And also, another wrestling obit, Umaga, passed in 2009. Pop culture, let's quickly get to that now. The world of sports. The New York Yankees won their 27th World Series championship. A little stutter there, never mind. It's been their last to date. We'll talk Yankees a bit later on in the show. Pittsburgh Steelers won the Super Bowl. I remember watching that at my sister's house. That was quite a thrill. Pittsburgh Penguins won the Stanley Cup in 2009, so Pittsburgh back to being city of champions of sorts. The Los Angeles Lakers, more on them later. They won in 2009. Beat the Orlando Magic in five games. Kobe Bryant getting himself another title. The University of Florida. Won the NCAA football championship while North Carolina took the NCAA men's basketball final four. Thompson film, best picture at the Oscars, best film of 2008, Slumdog Millionaire. Took home eight awards out of the ten categories in which it was nominated. Top grossing film though, a little bit of 80s children's childhood coming back. Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Just over $400 million gross here in the United States. In terms of music, the best record of 2008, Robert Plant and Alison Krauss had themselves an award-winning duet as they took home best record and best album. Rising Sand, or Raising Sand, excuse me. A little nervous about this interview, forgive me. And a song therein called, Please Read the Letter. Well, we're all done with 2009. Let's get back to 2020. And you're probably saying, please get on with the interview. And we are going to do that shortly. Cynthia Jennings Maywell is waiting in the wings poised. And we will get you out to the interview right now. Hopefully you can hear me. I'm on the Zoom right now. I'm waiting for Cynthia Jennings Maywall to come on here and do a little interview. Just getting the rest of this episode together here on the old Anchor FM. I took a week off of CR crying, speaking of podcasts, trying to kill time before Cynthia arrives. Well, we got some stuff to talk about here. I straight up my hair, look good, look presentable. It says a taken lady you're speaking of. Oh, jeez. Uh, got the light bulb going. I feel like I'm in a police interrogation room. All right, we're going to have to switch here. Hold on. All right. There we go. Hopefully the light's not too distracting. I'm going to try and block the way here. All right. Make some adjustments. Hopefully get all that. So here we go, folks. And while she's waiting, uh, let me get some podcast shout-outs here. Then we'll get on with the interview. Cross your fingers. Hope for the best. Some podcast shout-outs. Greetings from Allentown. The most recent episode was WWF Wrestling Challenge. Episode that aired November 13th of 1988. We're about a week and a half away from Survivor Series. Then you have the Break It Down show, another great 
week's worth of interviews here, including Chandra Lynn talking all about COVID-19 and how to pivot and live through the pandemic. So that's a good listen there. We're gonna talk a little bit about COVID-19 and also recent events in Portland. We're just waiting for CJM to make her way onto the Zoom Zoom. Let me just send her a text here. A little peek behind the curtain, if you will. Hope you all are enjoying a Friday night and another weekend in pandemic land. Sure has been a blast. Don't know what we're going to do for F110. All right, we just texted her saying we're ready to rumble here. Trademark Michael Buffer. <laughs> All right. I don't want to hit the record button, so you're just... There we go. Got it. Boy, ain't all this dead air interesting? <laughs> Boy, what an insane week this was. Got Amy Comey Barrett. Oh, hold on. Cynthia Maywalt. Jennings, whomever. Well, we're going triple barrels here. She has arrived. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get her on the Zoom Zooms right now. <laughs> I'm working on my video, man. Hang on. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're coming in loud and clear. Right on. How are you, Ed? Hello. Jennings Maywalt. Welcome to the Keep It To Yourself podcast. How are you doing? <laughs> doing well. How are you doing, Jay? I am doing great. Haven't seen each other in years. I and mean, there was face-to-face, -face, which may seem a heck of a lot longer ago than even we would have liked. I know. It seems, well, now it seems so strange just not being face-to-face -face with anyone. So <laughs> So uh, let's, let's get started here. Um, we knew each other, I think, has to go back to middle school. That's how I know a number of my friends from way back when. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was like, I don't think you went to elementary school with me. I went to Dorothy Nolan. And I was, I was guys, you... Sorry to interrupt. I was guys enrolled, then they transferred me over to Division Street, and that's where I wrapped it up before we all went over to Maple Avenue Middle School. Right. On. I was like, I don't know if you went to Caroline. So I was wrong on, on both. I was all over the place. Yeah. So <laughs> Dorothy, Dorothy Nolan, closest I got was an after-school program, but that's a whole other story. Right on. Yeah. All right. Well, we got in high school together, and I think the most memorable part of our friendship together was we were in the high school band under two different instructors. In junior yes. high, it was a gentleman named John Jacobson, and then it was another gentleman named Mark Bobrion the rest of the way. Yes. Yes. Do you have you have you heard updates on either of them? I don't no, know. I, it's, uh, I'm, I've uh, that's the part of my life I really haven't gotten in touch with. I did see Mr. Bobrion about 10 years ago, I didn't say hi to him or anything. I was like, well, this is- Just, just cool. saw him, yeah. <laughs> just on about. <laughs> right on. So those, were some those were some memories I have. Being in the band, you were in the trumpet section, you knew I was in the flute section. Yes, I, I yes, you were. I told the story, I was the lone male flautist or flutist, if you will, and everybody else was just females. I'm like- You're leading the flock, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, interesting made to meet women, just, you know, do something like this. And, uh, and I remember, so, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so I am currently, well, minus COVID, but I'm in a marching band. There is an adult marching band out in Portland. Oh. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there should be one in Saratoga. You should totally <laughs> start one up. 2022, I'll make it happen. <laughs> yes, yes, when we can all get back out there. Yeah, and I remember the trumpet section. There were four people who, well, they didn't raise all sorts of hell, but they kind of made it interesting over uh, in the No. Band. I remember there was there was Corey Woodcock, the, with the, with the one of the trombonists. There was Noah Gold, who was a baritone player. Yes. Two <laughs> trumpets, trumpeters. One was Brian Walsh, and the other, sadly, is no longer with us, old Ryan Rossley. I know all the mischief. It was cool. Oh, yeah. It, it made those uh, hour and a half or however long those periods were, an hour, however long those were, sure made them interesting, kept everybody on their toes. <laughs> oh, that was fun. <laughs> that sure was fun. Uh, you weren't at Disney World with us back 20 years ago, were you? Um, I was. <laughs> oh, you were in the band with Mr. Borbrand. I told the story in the podcast before about how we did that performance at Epcot Center. And one of the pro one of the pieces in the program was Fly the Bumblebee by Rinsky Corp. Oh yeah, and Dave Martin went nuts oh, on the xylophone. That was crazy. That was awesome. I, I still that. remember that. Yeah, I told the story 
And it was John, I was sat next to John Harper, and I said, I'll bet you any money he's going to get a standing ovation once he does the xylophone solo. We're going, and then we finish, and then Mr. Brown cues Dave Martin, and he just absolutely goes to town. <laughs> and then bah, 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 and the crowd just goes absolutely out of its skull oh that's amazing that you can remember that that's, that's awesome the I, that's the one thing i remember from that trip that and also the meeting we had in the auditorium the fall the day after we got back because there were some reports of some uh Stout i don't chicanery know what you're talking about jason well, there, <laughs> wow gee i think there might i don't know what there was there was some chicanery there might have been some alcohol involved. I, I do remember clearly Dave Martin in that uh, wonderful xylophone solo in Play of the Bumblebee. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, uh, were you in the band senior year? Because that was the last year I, I left. I wanted to go do other pursuits. I'm like, well, it's my last year of high school. I better take advantage. Yeah, because, well, we couldn't, senior year, we couldn't go on any trips after Florida because of that oh. trip. So, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but well, I was still in there senior year when I would Go. It was hard. It was a morning class. It was really difficult. And breakfast places always seemed better options. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So there you go. Well, I'm I've been in the uh, band for like eight years, or seven years, I should say. And I said, you know, time for a change. I mean, I'm going off to college. I would join the wind ensemble in college later on. Did you? Only my freshman year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I took the flute with me. Brought with me, I was I did it on a club basis. I didn't do it for credit freshman year for my first semester, and then spring semester when it was offered, I said, "All right, I'm gonna, it's free of my schedule. I'm just going to take it for three credit hours." Right on. And Very I, cool. And then and that's where I stopped playing the flute. And the guy who ran the class said, "Well, we're going to have you switch instruments." And they said, "How would you like to play a baritone saxophone?" I was like, "Oh heck yeah!" How did that go? Oh, it went very well. I love that instrument. I had it rented out. The flute was that I, hard switching embouchure from flute to sax? Yeah, I just got a saxophone in my hands. Like, yeah. Somebody gifted me a saxophone, and so I have one now, but I don't know how to play it. So is that difficult? Well, almost, I well not really, because you're not doing the circular. I don't know if you're doing the circular breathing. It's been so long since I've had any type of instrument near me. But uh, I think you gotta suck on the reed before, and you gotta be careful of that. Make sure you get it get it good and wet. Yeah. Put it in there and start uh, tooting on it. I'm not I'm not sure on that at all, especially coming from. I was like, it, yeah, I should ask Kate Green. She was a clarinet player. Oh, yeah. She would know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ask anybody with a saxophone player. I've I've known uh, a good. I can't remember who was in the saxophone section. Yeah, Sarah Berger. You remember her? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Sarah's doing well. She's back in Saratoga. She went to Philly for a while. Now she's oh, back. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're just moving along here. Then, like, well, you, like me, graduated almost 20 years ago, hard to believe. Where did you go? I need to talk. <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Right. Um, but where have I gone since then? Yeah. Where, the, where did the road of life take you after uh, your departure from the spa city? Well, let's see here. 20 years. Let's count back. I've been in Portland for 10. And so I was in Hawaii for two before that. Like, wow. Let's get and then I guess it's been, has it been 10? And then I was in DC before that. And then I was in, I was in Saratoga for a bit after high school for college. I was in Albany and stuff like that. So I was still local for like five years after, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted yeah. to get, well, Hawaii, man. So two years <laughs> there, what were you doing out there in Hawaii? I, well, me and my boyfriend at the time, uh, ex now, um, we were like, oh, he was like, I want to live there at some point. And we're like, well, let's do it before we have kids. So we did it. Mm. And then uh, when we were, I was kind of getting like island fever. So thinking about moving back to mainland and then I don't know. I can't handle snow anymore, Jay. It's really bad. Like, <laughs> so I did not look at the East Coast again, um, but we looked at West Coast and looked at like Seattle, Portland, and San Francisco, and then ended up in Portland A because it was cheaper, mm -hmm. um, but uh, well, cheaper than San Francisco. And then we were looking like Seattle, Portland, and Portland just had a cooler vibe. I don't know. Just been here for like 10 years. There you yeah. go. Well, right on. <laughs> I was going to ask you about Portland. I mean, when I first heard Portland, I started listening to podcasts and 
this is about the time like all this like the hipsters were moving in portland was seemingly becoming the hipster capital of the united states at the time yeah definitely uh like america's darling for hipster and food related anything so. donuts, of course yeah yeah I don't love them. They're they're a lot of sugar. Uh, I like blue star. Well, blue stars are more expensive. I I don't know, but I do love a good Dunkin' Donut. There you go. Yeah, that's what you miss about the East Coast. You don't miss the snow, but you miss the donkeys. That's one thing. Yeah, right and there. some stewards. <laughs> some stewards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. So, so you've been in Portland. What are you up to nowadays over there in PDX? I've been working for Nike for about a year or so now. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, my shoe collection has gotten quite large. <laughs> <laughs> has Michael Jordan uh, helped you out in that regard? I I do have a few pair of Jordans. I got a one, a three, a four, uh, and then a, a different brand, but whatever, yeah. <laughs> I got Air Jordan. I got my only pair of Air Jordans when I was 12 years old. Right on, man. Yeah, right I never owned Jordan. Came, that was right, that's right about the time he came back. Hell yeah. What Do you, do you know what ones you had? <laughs> uh, I, I had a, I don't know what type of it, but I know they were red. Hell yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've had many, uh, Portland's changed in the about 10 years or so that you lived there, but yeah. also coming to the national consciousness and not for good reasons in recent times, I'm sure you're aware with all the protests going on. We had like with George Floyd and everything. It's, I know. And I don't know if you say not good reasons, but I think they I think they are good reasons, you know, um, as far as what people are doing there, what the people are doing there. Um, but yeah, there has been a lot of highlights recently mm -hmm. um, between like, yeah, the, the protests going on and that's been going on uh, since May um, and every night since, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then with the wildfires too, going raging up and down the West Coast, that was that was strange yeah. and Weird. scary. Yeah, East Coast. I mean, the smoke, the smoke from that, and the haze—not the smoke, but the haze from that—went clear across the country. I remember for most of one week last month, you—it's not like you couldn't blot out the sun, but the sky was kind of filtered. It wasn't until that Friday, like, well, this is the bluest the sky has been the whole time. Okay, I gotta I gotta send you photos. It's it was nuts. It was like. Uh, just it looked like a different planet. It looked like Mars. Like it was just like yeah. this red, hazy. Like ugh. I don't know. I'll bet it did. Well, were you caught up in any of the excitement going on with all the the riots, the demonstrations, and that? I know it uh, kind of chased the mayor Ted Wheeler out of his own home. He's he's looking. He was looking for a new place because it was getting to be too much for him. I know. I know. And elections are coming up and things like that too. Um. I did not actually go down to any of the protest sites. Um, I did, I just with COVID and stuff like that. And I yeah. feel like that was like still the, the start of COVID. I did not want to be out there. So I don't know, donated to those who uh, needed funds for that. A lot of bail funds and things like that for the people were getting, you know, I don't know, thrown left and right. Getting, well, not thrown, but yeah, well that legitimately, but like, arrested and then kidnapped and all of the those things so like what the fuck man like sorry and i don't know how much censoring you're going to need to do i do drop we'll a lot it, of we'll leave it we'll leave it in you know <laughs> keep the four little words to a minimum i'm good i i don't work okay i don't work too blue so you can just say the you know, four letter word go ahead it doesn't matter to me okay sounds good just it, right. it does happen so well but yeah uh, yeah so i mean being in portland and all that uh what was like well pre-COVID, before times, what were some of your favorite things to do in Portland? I've heard of the Saturday market and- Yeah, the food, man, the yeah, food. Portland's gotten a big reputation now. It could contend with the bigger cities for- Oh, it's so good. America. So like, I don't know, the town puts on like every, and I, and I think Saratoga does something like this too, but like market. everybody does restaurant month, right? And so that's oh, always fun. restaurant week up here in Saratoga. Yeah, and then, uh, there's like a pizza week and then there's a taco week and we have a fried like wing week, uh, dumpling, oh, dumpling week. Dumplings. I heard those ought to be good. That's the best one. That's the best one. Oh man. But people get a little loose with that. People there. I saw gnocchi on there and I was like, I get that that's a dumpling. 
Okay, I feel you like you're really. I feel like you're pushing it. You know. Gnocchi's a dumpling. I think pierogi can count as a dumpling. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Love those. Love those. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, back. Well, um, back to Saratoga for a second. I didn't have him as a teacher in middle school, but I remembered your father when and he was a teacher at the middle school. Yes. Yes, my father says hi. <laughs> yep. I'll bet he's retired now. Hopefully, he's doing good. He is. They are doing well. Thank you for asking. They are getting a little stir crazy with COVID, but because uh, usually around. Well, they didn't get to go to Myrtle Beach this year uh, due to COVID. That was a bummer. They usually do that. They, you know, what do they call it? Uh, spring break? No, the, what are the birds that go down? Uh, my, my snowbirds, migration? Snowbirds, yeah, yeah, yeah. They snowbirds. do the snowbird thing and go down to Myrtle Beach or whatever. Yeah, so, well, yeah. my, dad, my dad and his companion were in Florida when the whole thing started. They, my, they had a little place down there. I don't want to be in Florida. <laughs> well, they followed all the requirements and I was a little worried about them, but they got back safe. And good, they, good, good. Yeah, so I guess both of us are impacted and we're certainly not the only ones. Yeah, well, I mean, New York's doing great. I was just looking at a map or something like uh, yeah. the rates. Well. Yeah, all the East Coast and the West Coast look great. <laughs> that middle section, you need some work there, fellas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so if I, well, if I may ask, I forgot origin story. Um, you are from Saratoga. But, uh, were you like, uh, did you grow up in Saratoga? Were you born in the small city? Yeah, so well, not born. Uh, so I was adopted at five months, uh, but my parents were uh, teaching in the district already at that time, 83 at that time. Uh, but yeah, been in Saratoga that whole time up until pieced out to DC and then just been like, pop, pop, pop. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. now it's like a longer, yeah. Yeah, so also, uh, all right, uh, we're going to end here with a bit of a, um, a bit of a high note. Uh, I'm sure if you're aware of the IFC series Portlandia, which takes place in Portland, Fred Armisen, Kerry Brownstein or Brownstein, yes. whatever it is, do you think it's a fair, a fair portrayal of Portland on that show? Oh, I don't know. There's so many like cliche things in there. It's hysterical. <laughs> I love it. Um, and people that I, I would hope that people don't get too bent out of shape about it. It's all in good jest or whatever, but yes, there were lots of birds on things and, and I can, <laughs> I do know plenty of people that have chickens. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, free-range um, free urban chickens. Who would have thought? Troy, Troy <laughs> New York, Frank Sakari, if you're listening, step up your game, Troy. Come on. Oh, yeah. You got to get the farm fresh eggs, man. That's like the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe price at a farmer's market, but that's really the good way to go. Absolutely. You know it, Jay. <laughs> well, Cynthia, I think I've done running out of things to talk about here. So. Well, right on. It has been you. a pleasure so much and i uh, i just really appreciate that you do this i think this is awesome so keep it up and thank you again <laughs> it's a unique way to go about a podcast but there you go right there as long as uh, i'm getting the compliments i'm good not the i'm a attention whore or anything but there you go i mean whatever people are if people are giving them you take them right for That's sure right. <laughs> All right, so Cynthia Jennings, Maywell, anything you want to plug or are we going to just say goodbye right here? No, yeah, I'm not much of a, yeah, but thank you again. I really appreciate it, Jason. All right, thank you, too, you Cynthia. All best to Portland. Thank you. All right, take All right. care. All right, take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Thanks once again to Cynthia Jennings Maywall for her appearance on this podcast. It was a brief yet entertaining interview, and I hope that you found it the same. Well, we already gave the pod shout-outs. I did that in the run-up to the interview, so we're going to go right to Jason Sports Corner now to wrap up the show. And, who boy, we got a heaping pilot for you right here. Los Angeles Lakers, winners of the 2020 NBA Championship almost a year after training camp for it began. A long season in every sense of the word, what with the death of Kobe Bryant. Then you had the shutdown due to the pandemic. Then we got the playoff level down at Disney World. But the Los Angeles Lakers persevered. They won their 17th NBA championship. Or if you're Bill Simmons, you don't count the five they won in Minneapolis. So it's actually their 12th championship. But you take it all into account, they're now tied with the Boston Celtics for the most titles in NBA history. And quite a history they've got. Just think, LeBron James has his fourth title. He's done it now with three different teams, Miami, Cleveland, and now you can add the Lakers to the list. Anthony Davis has an NBA title. Dwight Howard, huh? 
has himself an NBA title, it's amazing. So congrats to all my listeners in Southern California. I don't know if the Dodgers are going to make it to the World Series and or win it, but at least you've got the Lakers to hang your hats on. And speaking of baseball, it was sad times just a couple of weeks ago or thereabouts when the Yankee season ended. It ended the night Whitey Ford passed away at the age of 81. Looked pretty good this postseason. Handled Cleveland in two games in the wild card series, if you want to call it that. The expanded 16-team playoff, eight teams in the American League. The Yankees were one of them. Eight teams in the National League. And they made it to the division series. Tampa Bay, oh boy, division rivals. Took them to the distance. Took them to the limit. Aaron Judd looked good in the fifth game. All rise. Opened the scoring to start the game, but unfortunately the Rays got two solo shots of their own and the Yankees season is over. And I was listening to this podcast yesterday as I record this called The Short Porch. It's a Yankees podcast by Barstool Sports. And some of the Yankees fans were, well, the hosts really, were upset that Aaron Boone's coming back as manager next year. They made the announcement, did the little post-mortem pressers, all the players, DJ LeMayhew said some things. Brian Cashman went on. He said Aaron Boone's coming back, and that got the host all upset and got their hackles up. I hope they do make a change in one way or another. At least the managerial position, give them one more shot. They said, sorry, bud, thanks, but no thanks. 2003 is a long way off in more ways than one. And we're going to wrap up this segment and thus the show with the Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Century of the Week. Took a week off, as you may recall from the last episode, but we're back on it. We're 2-1. and one. We're on a roll. And this is where I take a game from the NFL Week's action, such as it is, even with coronavirus running around in some cases with NFL teams. And hopefully that gets contained quicker than you know what. So without any further delay, here is my official pick for this week. Maestro hit it. All right, a little brief here. I'm going to go for the game of the week. Green Bay Packers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The pirate ship going to be rocking with limited capacity. This is what I like to call the COVID Bowl as it's in Florida. No cases among both teams, at least not right now anyway. And there might be some after the game. Who knows? You got Aaron Rodgers, an old veteran, against some old pro by the name of Tom Brady. Heard of him? The pirate ship's going to be booming. In fact, there might be so many points scored. I'm going to say forget the spread. Take the over. Which I look according to the Action Network is 55 and a half points. 55 and a half, Jerry. So instead of the spread, I'm going to take the over. And that will put the wraps on this episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. The 109th in the series, if you can believe that. Thanks as ever for listening. I never take the audience for granted. Never have, never will. I may have in one sense. But that's the overall feeling. Once again, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you on the next one, whenever that may be. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. And wear a mask and social distance and all that. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Sit, boo-boo, sit. Good dog. (laughs) I don't fool with no horses, boy.